Blog Talk Radio. Because where the way my house sits, 
it's, you know, if you drive by, you're going to see me. And my, my bay window's pretty big, and it's wide open, and you, you're going to see me. Um, so, hey, you know, I'll be waving at people, and, uh, you know, here I am, the Madden Boys. But why did I decide to do a show today? One, because I can. And two, because I want to just talk Cowboys. You know, I love talking football, and we do spend a lot of time on many of the shows talking Cowboys. Um, but I feel, sometimes I feel bad. You know, we got Dr. Train, who, you know, he's a Bears fan, and I know there's times he wants to, you know, get in with his Bears. But, you know, in all honesty, the Bears really haven't been that relevant. And nothing against Train. That's my brother from another mother. Love him dearly. But, you know, how many of y'all really want to hear about the Bears? Hey, maybe I'll be surprised. I mean, and, we, and we do try to give him, you know, give him some time because – you know, it's his team, and, and, and they are a legendary franchise, but, you know, they got to do something to get relevant. And then you got K-Star, and certainly the Steelers have been relevant, and we spent a lot of time talking about the Steelers and the catch that wasn't a catch and Big Ben and, you know, the injury to A.B. We, we spent a lot of time on the last show talking about that. And we always talk about the Cowboys, and the guys are generous enough to, you know, they, 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 they're okay with it. Um, you know, the Cowboys, frankly, um, <laughs> you know, made first take – uh, probably one of the most popular shows on ESPN. It, they moved it from ESPN2 to ESPN, the flagship station, uh, 10 o'clock daily. They're even doing a show Christmas Day. Um, Skip Bayless got an opportunity to go over to uh, Fox Sports 1 and do first take knockoff with Shannon Sharp, who's growing on me. I, I love Shannon Sharp, man. He's so grown on me. I don't like Skip. I, I, even even when he's talking Cowboys, sometimes he's just delusional. There are times that I listen to him. He's like, yeah, okay, he's making a good point. But, and, you know, and the thing about it is when you're debating and, and, and you have no point, talking over the other person doesn't give you a point. You know, being loud doesn't give you a point. And that's what Skip tends to do. And, and Shannon just like, you know, Shannon don't do that. Shannon Southern boy with some manners. Um and, and, and so I love, you know, Shannon Sharp's grown on me more and more. Um, I think Skip's okay. Uh, Max just sometimes, in the first take, it's confusing to me at times. I think he's a really smart guy, and he gets into some stuff that I'm just like, really? Um, I think he's got to tone it down. I think, you know, and I, I'm a pretty smart guy. But some of the stuff he talks about, I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? Um, and, you know, Stephen A is Stephen A. He's got a shtick. It works for him. He's very popular. People love him. People love to hate him. He's the Cowboys of on-air sports personalities. You know, as many people as love him, as many people as hate him, uh, he's, got, he's used the Cowboys to get um, where he is. And, hey, no, no, you know, no hatred there. Um, you know, he, he has a very I-don't-give-a-damn-about-you style, but at the same time, there's times that he does care. And, you know, he acts like he doesn't, but he does. And, hey, somebody just waved at me. Uh, I don't know if I knew them or not, but they actually waved at me. Uh, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Um, all in all, I watch all the shows. You know, the show that's really growing on me, and then we're getting the Cowboys, is um, uh, first things first. I don't like the Golik and Wingo thing. It's just another Mike and Mike. I don't get. I don't understand. You, you go through all the trouble of you know, and I don't know what um, Mike Greenberg's going to be doing. He's phenomenal. Um, you know, I don't know what he's going to be doing, so we'll see. Golik is good. I thought they were a great team, and I get it. After 18 years, it's time to do something else. No, no doubt about it. Um, but all you really did was repackage the same show and just put Trey Wingo on there. And, and I think Trey Wingo's very good, too. But it just seems like, you know, I, I was expecting something different. And, and, you know, a new set 
with the same format to me is the same old style. So it's okay. But I really like First Things First. Um, Chris Carter gets on my nerves, though. Uh, he's smart, um, very articulate. And I hate that, you know, I never want to talk bad about a brother doing his thing. But, dude, he's so damn arrogant. You know, it's like, it's like when someone doesn't agree with him, it's like, well, I'm a Hall of Famer with, you know, all of these incredible stats played 16 years. I know what I'm talking about. Well, no, you don't. Sometimes you're just wrong, period. And, you know, the poor, I can remember the other guy's name, Nick, I think, right? Something like that. Is that his name, I think? I don't remember. Um, but yeah, sometimes you're just wrong. And when you can always fall back on that, okay. So, so no matter who, unless you get another Hall of Famer on your show, unless Ray Lewis joins the show, um, or, or someone on that stature, then you can never be wrong? No, Chris, sometimes you're just wrong, <laughs> you know, and, and stop feeling like you've got to flex your status for credibility. Make your point and stick to the point. And, hey, there's going to be certain things. I mean, <clears throat> case in point, and then I, I really will get into Cowboys, but, you know, hey, this is, this, is, this is the Madden voice. This is Commissioner T, and I am live. <laughs> gotta love it. Um, but, you know, like you're talking about the, the catch thing, and he's like, he was on the committee that redefined the catch after Des Bryant, and he's the one who said, um, catch the ball, and if you can hand it to the ref, it's a catch. That makes sense. Um, however, when you still have debates on what a catch is, then evidently the, the, the rule isn't clear enough to the masses. And Mike Tomlin, who was on the competition committee, said we need to revisit it. Now, hey, I get it. He's got a vested interest in it because of what happened to him. He knows that. He knows how it's going to look, and he's still saying let's revisit it. He could have said, you know what, it wasn't a catch. He could have said, you know what, we didn't lose the game on that play. We, lo- we lost the game on that, on that spike that wasn't a spike that was an interception. Okay, so I don't know. I, just, I, I like him, but I just think he's a little too arrogant. He needs to tone it down just, just a bit. Um, I don't know. I'd like to see – what would be what would be really good is to have Ryan Clark, who I who I love, Stephen A. Shannon Sharp, Chris Carter. You do a roundtable. Now you've got three um, football pro football players at Super Bowl champion or and or Hall of Fame level, and you've got you know one of the most recognized figures in sports talk, and you have them do a roundtable about some of the issues in, in sports, man. That would be great. Oh, you could throw Commissioner T in there, except the problem is those guys don't want to roll with me. I don't bring, I don't bring their credentials to the, to the table. I'm not a Hall of Famer. I'm not a former player. I'm not a Super Bowl champion. I'm not an award-winning columnist or sports writer. I've never worked for a major network. So they'd be like, who is this guy? And that's why I would whoop them, because they wouldn't see me coming. It would be the trap debate. They wouldn't see me coming. But anyway, let's get on to some cowboy stuff. Now that I've now that I've softened it up with some other stuff. And if you're out there, you know, I haven't I haven't said this. We don't get a lot of live callers anymore, um, and that's okay. Um, but I do want to say, if you're out there, since I'm doing a daytime show, I don't know who's listening. If you're out there and you want to call in, three four seven eight three eight nine five two five three four seven eight three eight nine five two five. You know, feel free to call in. You can always hit that Twitter at the Madden Voice. You could also hit uh, Facebook. Uh, it's facebook.com backslash the Madden Voice. It's me, Commissioner T. And let's talk some football. So here we are with two games to go. Ezekiel Elliott is back. What does that mean? 
You know, I mean, I mean, it's not like the run game was just dead without him. So there's a lot of talk about, and, and, and let me clear up some misconceptions. On, on Facebook, there's Cowboys Family, right? There's a, there's a page with about 45,000 members, Cowboy Family. And if you don't think that the Cowboy fans are delusional, um, go, go join that page and then read some of the posts. Because um, I, I have to say Stephen A. knows what he's talking about. I'm a Cowboy fan. I don't think I'm delusional. I think I'm real. When the team sucks, I say they suck. When they do well, I say they, they do well. Um, when push comes to shove, am I going to be a homer? Absolutely. That's what being a fan is all about. I'm going to be a homer for my team. Uh, you know, that's just how it works. I will take Dak Prescott over Russell Wilson. doesn't mean anything wrong with Russell Wilson. just means I've seen Dak Prescott play, um, what, what did he play, uh, 13 or 17 games last year, uh, 14 games this year. So we got 17 and 14, 31 games. I like what I've seen over those 31 games. He's, he's pretty near Tony Romo level inside of two years. I'm not going to say he's there, but he's close. If he can get that deep ball down, which is one thing Tony was able to do that Dak still can't do consistently – and then some of the decision-making, if he can get that improved, I think by the, by the end of next year, he'll be where Tony was when he retired. Um, but it, but So I like him. Does that make me a homer? Okay, I'll be a homer. That's my boy. That's my man. You know? That, 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 that's, that's my quarterback. I don't even know if I have that clip. Do I have that clip? Hold on. Let me see if I have that clip. That would be perfect. Sometimes I don't time shit properly. Oh, I do have it. It's my quarterback. Yeah. That's my quarterback. I'm going to go for him. But – but what does Ezekiel Elliott in the lineup mean? It doesn't just necessarily mean more production. I think that's what people are trying to get. Um, you know, there was, there was a big debate on, on the forum about Jason Garrett and his comments about working Ezekiel Elliott back into the lineup. And, and, and I got into it with Twan, my man Twan. Uh, and I don't think he's listening because I didn't bother to tell any of them that I'm doing this show. I, I don't really care. Um, but Twan was like, uh, we need a new coach, Jason Garrett. He's just nothing but a clapper and a glorified puppet, which is generally the consensus on Jason Garrett, right? That's what everybody says. These are people that are misinformed and don't follow the Cowboys. These are people that just listen to ESPN, listen to Cowboy haters, and they come up with their opinion on who Jason Garrett is. What You know, you, you miss the field goal, and he's over there clapping. Okay, you clearly never coach. What are you supposed to do, yell and scream? Are you supposed to pick your team up? There's no one more demoralized when a play goes bad than those guys on the field. And the coach is the one who's supposed to pick that team up. Leaders are supposed to pick that team up. That's what they're supposed to do. That's what he's trying to do. Hey, guys, let it go. It happened. It's done. He can't fix it. Come on, let's regroup. We got the rest of this game. Let's fight. Finish the fight, as the Cowboys say. Belichick says, do your job. We say, let's fight. Finish this fight. Okay? So I ain't got a problem with him clapping and calling him a puppet because Jerry Jones is front and center. Look, Jerry Jones is general manager. Jerry Jones is the owner. Okay? That's his right. He cuts the checks. But if you follow the team, you'll know that Stephen Jones is really doing most of the decision-making. Jerry is taking a big backseat to Stephen Jones, okay, and Jerry Jr., but Stephen's really the guy. Stephen's the heir apparent there. And day-to-day, it's Jason Garrett, okay? It's Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett makes the game plan and does – that's his job, and that's what he gets paid, what, $4 million a year to do? You really think Jerry Jones is going to go down there and try to do that? No, he'll just fire him and go hire somebody else if he doesn't do it right. It's like stupidity for people to just think that J- Jerry Jones is just this puppet and Jimmy and, – and I'm thinking Jimmy Johnson because he wasn't a puppet either, uh, that Jerry Jones is, is running everything and, and, and uh, Jason Garrett is just this puppet. No, 
He's doing his job, and Jimmy uh, Jerry Jones is letting. I got all these J's. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones, Jason Garrett. Okay, Garrett is doing his job, and Jones is letting him do it. And if Jones uh, it, it gets upset at some point, like he did with Wade Phillips, like he's done with many other coaches, he'll just fire him and he'll go get somebody else to do the job. We've seen the secondary improve over the last couple of weeks. Kayvon Frazier moved to safety. Byron Jones moved back more to a corner position, playing a slot. Right? We've seen Jeff Heath doing a great job. We've seen uh, Chitabe Awuze and Jordan Lewis playing more. Anthony Brown coming off the bench now. Skandrick um, with his, you know, broken bones in his back, the transverse process, the same thing that Romo had. So he's, he's healing up. And he even came out this week and said, you know what? Secondary is playing so well. Hey, I'm just gonna I'm gonna just let this thing heal up all the way. I'll be back, um, you know, hopefully. But hey, you know I don't see an urge a, 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 like urgency here where the secondary is falling apart and I need to get out there. And you know people gave him a hard time for that. I get what he meant. You know I'm injured. If I need to play, I'm there. Um, but if I can let this thing heal and these guys are doing it now, he may talk himself out of a starting job. <laughs> he may he may be finding that he's in his last days in Dallas. Be totally honest with you, um, we saw we saw uh, um, what's the guy's name from LSU um, twenty four. Anyway, he's gone. Brandon Carr's gone. Barry Carr, Barry, Barry Church is gone. Um, you know, we've seen the whole secondary. Um, I can't remember my boy's name. Oh my God, twenty four. <laughs> I could see him. Um, Cowboys cornerback. Oh my God, uh, Morris Claiborne. I was, I was about to look it up. Claiborne. He's gone. We've seen Dallas let people go, and Skandrick. You know, seems to get injured all the time now. He's getting older. Got all these young guys coming in there, and they're starting to really starting to now pay dividends. I, I, he may be he may be talking himself out of a long term. Well, he's already been long term out of a future job. My point is. Garrett's making these decisions. These decisions are not Jerry Jones. Jason Garrett's making decisions. And when he did the interview this week, the press conference earlier the week, and he said, we're going to work Zeke back in and we'll see how his workload's going to be, people had lost their mind. It's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Of course you're going to run the guy 25, 30 times. Okay, first of all, um, and they compared it, you know, it's like the obvious thing and, you know, Belichick would never say that. Well, when does Belichick give anything on what his plan is going to be? Never. So why, why, why would Jason Garrett want to come back and say, oh, yeah, we're going to give them a heavy dose of Z? First of all, the, the world knows that's coming. But secondly, there's no reason to say it. Matter of fact, why not throw a little Jedi mind trick out there? I heard you did some jokes about me. No, I didn't. Maybe you didn't. I'm going to beat up the fools and tell me them lies. Little Eddie Murphy for you. Um, you know, why not? Why not just give them something to think about? You know, it's not like Rod Smith and, and – um, uh, I'm sorry, guys. Alfred Morris. These names. I'm, I, I'm just, you know, maybe it's a scotch. You know what? I just need more. Hold on a second. Mm, boy. Mm. Ah, little Johnny Walker Black. Okay. It's not like these guys played poorly. So, you know, what? whatever he chooses to do, I'm not going to let the, team, the defense know. Now, I'm pretty sure that Zeke is going to get a healthy dose. But I also think that since the guy hasn't played football in six weeks, and this is one thing I, I do appreciate when I'm listening to a Shannon Sharp, um, you know, some of these guys that are former players, the guy from Green Bay who is on um, Fox Sports now, um, the, the wide receiver. Um, he's actually uh, he's actually pretty good. Um, 
I can't remember any of these guys' names. I'm sorry, guys. You guys know I'm talking about Green Bay wide receiver. He's on um he's on Fox Sports now. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna look him up because it's gonna kill me. Green Bay wide receiver, Fox Sports. I'm gonna look him up because this this is gonna kill me if I don't. Greg Jennings. I remembered it before I even before it even came up, and it didn't come up because I didn't search right away. Greg Jennings. He's very good as well. Um. And the one thing I appreciate with all of these guys is saying about working out doesn't necessarily put you into football shape. And that makes sense. You know, you're wearing pads, there's contact, um, you know, to emulate play after play after play after play. You're talking a 10, 12 drive, you know, first quarter, and he gets the ball six, seven times. There's no, you can't, you can't copy that in, in training, even, even during the week, it's hard to copy that. It really is. So he's going to get winded. And so I can understand them working him back in and saying, Hey, you know, he'll start and we're going to get a few carries, but let's keep an eye on him. The other thing is because he hasn't had any contact, even though if you see the pictures and I haven't used one to promote the show, the guy's looking ripped. He's in, you know, he, to his credit, thank God he went and did the right thing and dedicated himself to the game. Um, and he's ready to go, at least from a, a health standpoint. But he hasn't been hit yet. And what you don't want to do is get him out there, and in the first quarter he runs the ball, you know, 17 times and pulls, tweaks a hamstring, pulls a hamstring, you know, groin. Any of these things that happen, you notice, early in the seasons when these guys are trying to get themselves in shape, you hear about it all the time. Ankle sprains, groin pulls, hamstrings, probably the most common one because they're not in football shape yet. So, hey, I'm okay with, you know, Work them in. Give them three or four plays. Give them a breather. Three or four plays. Give them a breather. You know, um, but as the course of the game goes on and you get in that second half, yeah, he becomes your bell cow. He becomes, you know, you, you do what you got to do. And loved, absolutely loved how Zeke handled the press. Did y'all see that interview? I, I don't have it. I'm sorry, but he pretty much just said, "Hey, look, you know, I I, I did what I had to do." I feel good about, you know, being back with the team, and um, I'm, I'm turning the page. The past is behind me. I'm not going to speak on it anymore, and I'm looking forward to Sunday against the Seahawks. It's kind of like Belichick, right? You know, we use Belichick as the standard, and what does Belichick say? Um, you know, well, you know, uh, I got 1 o'clock. Uh, no, nah, he doesn't say that. What he says is I'm um, just looking, you know, to play Buffalo. You know, at some point – he, he turns the page. That last game is over, and that's what the team does. They turn the page. Even Jason Garrett, if you look at his press conferences, you know what he'll say. Hey, you know, 4.30 on, on uh, Sunday, Seattle's going to be here ready to play some football, and we're going to be ready. It's like, hey, the past is over. It's done. Let's move on. And that's what Zeke is saying. Look, this thing has haunted me for, from last season into this season, okay? And the NFL did everything they could to get me suspended. I fought. I, I did what I had to do. I ended up saying, you know what? It's time to move on. I took my punishment. I went and worked out. I'm ready to play football. Now y'all want to keep talking about it? No, I'm done. It's over. Yeah, I got a little documentary coming out. Probably be on ESPN. Check that out when it comes out. Other than that, let's talk about Cowboys versus Seattle. And then when they didn't do it, he said, okay, thank you. Have a nice day. And then he stayed and goes, no, I'm done. And he grabbed his stuff and he, and he jetted. Congratulate. Good for you. Good for you. Focus. Love it. Hey, look, the Cowboys, <laughs> you know, it's a long shot. Um, you know, officially, according to Pro Football Focus, it's a 9% chance that they make the playoffs. 
a couple weeks ago it was 4%. Uh, Green Bay's out of the picture. They're eliminated. It's 9%. So, you know, let's, let's be honest. It, it, it is a long shot for them to be in the playoffs. First thing they have to do is they have to win both of these games. And we're not talking about um, easy games by any stretch of the imagination. We're talking about um, Seattle, who just got mollywhopped. And we're talking about uh, Philly, who could still be playing for a number one seed the last week. Um, you know, let's take a look at the Seattle matchup for a minute. You know, here's the problem. Uh, it's not like uh, Kevin Hart for a minute. See, here's the problem. Okay, no, I, I can't do. I can't. I can't do Kevin Hart. Forget it. Forget it. I'm not. I'm not going to do Kevin Hart. But here, here's the reality of the situation. Seattle is falling. Um, the empire is crumbling. They've got injuries. They've got dissension. Um, you know, it's just they, they were just completely annihilated by their division rival. Um, it, it's, it's really bad over there. And that's why they're so dangerous. You know, they know if they lose, pretty much it's over. Now, they've probably got a little more wiggle room because of the division than Dallas does, but not much. I think they, they're given a 19% chance to make the playoffs and Dallas is at 9%. Um, because of, because of some division stuff, but if they lose, it's over. Okay, for all practical purposes, it's over. So you know when you this is everything that Dallas would want if they're going to play a Seattle. They're playing them at home. They're um, relatively healthy. Dallas uh, Skandrick will probably be out. David Irving is already ruled out. Don't know what's up with some concussions, but he's out. Uh, don't know about Justin Durant and um, Tyron Smith over the last 24 hours. It's actually uh, 24 hours ago didn't look good at all with his knee issue 24 hours ago. Um, now, all of a sudden, they're starting to be a little more optimistic about his ability to play on Sunday. If he plays, that would be tremendous. So let's just assume he plays. He's been a warrior. Let's just assume he plays. So really – the Cowboys will have Sean Lee, Ezekiel Elliott, and Tyron Smith. Do you know when the three of those guys play? They've only lost one game this year. Those three have played together um, six games, and they've only lost once. They're home, and it's a Seattle team that's beat up, that's in dissension. So Dallas has everything going its way. But the one thing that they don't have is the fact that sometimes ascension brings people together. Sometimes when everyone is dismissing you, as people seem to be dismissing Seattle, um, all of a sudden you, you, you band together and say, you know, one last ride here, guys. We got one last ride. And nothing better than to go in 430 Christmas Eve game in Dallas and let's, let's snuff out these Cowboys playoff chances. I mean, everybody gets up to play Dallas, whether they're 1-15 or 15-1. and one. But now you have a chance to really put a nail in their coffin. You really have a chance to really, you know, end their playoff hopes. And frankly, depending on how the rest of the games fall, if Dallas loses, they could officially be eliminated. Okay? So that could bring them together. Pete Carroll is an excellent coach. And there are some people on that team that have experience in these situations that aren't just going to let the team falter. So – I think Dallas will win. I predict that they'll win. Um, but it's not going to be an easy game. These guys are going to fight. And, you know, Russell Wilson has shown 
over the over the year that he's a fighter, he's a leader, and he's not gonna let the team go. He's gonna put the team on his back, and he's gonna see what he can do. So it's gonna be a good game, but it, it's not it's not gonna be easy. Hold on, I gotta get a little scotch here. It's kind of cool sitting here watching the cars go by. Mm. Ah, Commissioner T, special edition of the Madden Voice. We're talking Dallas Cowboy football. I am home. I'm on vacation. It's just me today. I'm doing like a like a Colin Cowherd, right? The herd, right? I'm doing like him a solo. Well, he did, he's got that little cute blonde. So you know, he, you know, you notice how all the women that they have, they 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 must they must say, okay, if you want to do sports, you got to look good. Because they're all like like ex models and stuff, and they have them on there talking sports, you know. And I guess because they're you know, a large part of the audience is men, but you know it's kind of unfair. Because I don't know that they do. Because there's some ugly brothers out there talking sports. Okay, there's some dudes out there that are pretty busted talking sports. So I mean, you know, if the if the lady can get up there and articulate and knows knows what she's talking about, I don't frankly, and maybe y'all think I'm full of it. I'm really not. I don't really give a damn what she looks like. I mean, sure, I'm a I'm a man, I'm a football fan, and okay, if she's I, you know, um, I was gonna say eye candy, that's a little disrespectful. But if she's attractive, yeah. But but really, like I turn that junk off when I'm watching football. Like I don't care, you know what I mean? Like I don't care who you are, Rosie O'Donnell. I don't care if you know what you're talking about. You got my attention. You know what I'm saying? You got my attention. But anyway, I digress. Um. You know, Colin does the to her. He's doing it on ESPN. Now. He does it on Fox Sports, and he's pretty much solo. But he has guests on. Um, I like, I like it. I like a show. I like a show. Um, and that's what I'm doing. I'm doing the commish, <laughs> Commissioner T, the Madden Voice, and I'm running solo today. Shout out to JB. Shout out to Doctor Train. Shout out to K Star, my co-host. Hey, you never know. These guys may want to come on and man the ones and twos, as Doctor Train said, and do their own. Madden voice. Who knows? Let's see what happens over the next week. And you know what? I'm having so much fun. I may be back. I may be back. Like, maybe I'll come back and do something after Christmas. Be off all week. I'll let you know. But anyway, again, I digress. Um, it's going to be a tough game, but I, I, I think Dallas has enough momentum. Um, I think they'll pull it out. And, uh, and, you know, and then the last game is against Philly. And, you know, Nick Foles does not scare me. Um, we played him. We know him. You saw how hard the Giants played against him because there's familiarity. And, you know, they, they, they won, but they didn't win that game easily. So, you know, I, and, and Dallas has a pretty good track record. I don't have – I apologize. I don't have any of the stats with me, the numbers with me. But over the last few years, Dallas has done really well. A lot, most of that was under Romo, but really done well uh, playing against the Eagles in Philly. So I'm not nervous. It's funny. As I say that, on, on NFL Network, they're doing a replay of the Steelers and the Patriots, and there's Tony Romo. I miss you, Tony. But you know what? Tony, I saw his interview with Tracy Wolfson. Um, I think that's her name. Or it's Tracy Wolf, Wolfson. Anyway, whoever. Um, I saw the interview. He's happy. You know, he misses football some, but he's happy, and he's doing a great job. So you know what? Good for Tony. Happy for Tony. Wish him nothing but the best. But we played well in Philly. I think even if Philly is playing for the number one seed, which um, if Minnesota loses and Philly wins, Philly goes to 13 and two, Minnesota goes to 11 and four, they've locked everything up. Minnesota's the only team in the NFC that could still get the number one seed. Um, Philly with two losses, uh, apparently from what I'm being told, has locked. They won the division. I think they've locked in um, 
a first round buy. And I, I have not confirmed that. Uh, I'm actually on NFL uh, NFL.com's website right now, and um, I, I'm not sure, but I think they've locked down a first round buy. Um, but if they win, and I believe I'm not sure who they play. Um, let's check right now and see if there is Christmas night. Monday Night Football, because I really don't know. There's a couple games on tomorrow. There's a lot of games on uh, Christmas Eve. And, yep, Monday Night Football is the Raiders at the Eagles. Okay. So there is uh, Christmas Night Football. So, you know, and and the Eagles are home against the Raiders. The Raiders are not very good. Uh, I know we just barely beat them, but we didn't play our best against the Raiders. I think we played that game over right now with Zeke, it'd be a blowout. So I expect Philly to win this game, lock up the number one seed. And then, and then we'll see what they bring to the table that last game. If, if history is our guide, even though Philly fans are saying if Dallas has something to play for, Philly's going to play their starters. They're not going to let Dallas into the playoffs. If, if Dallas has something to play for, but conventional wisdom says that starters will rest. And, and, you know, when your Pro Bowl uh, MVP-level quarterback is out because he ran into the end zone and got mollywopped on his leg and now he's out with a torn ACL, certainly you have that on your mind. Your left, starting left tackle is done for the year. Certainly you have that on your mind. Um, do you really want to go into this game where nothing's on the line just because Dallas has something to play for and play your starters? And if you do play them, do you really want to play them the whole game? Um, some coaches would do that. We've seen that. A lot of coaches are like, no, <laughs> I'm going to give them some rest. You know, you got this week off. We got a first round by, you got next week off. And man, when we come back into the playoffs, we're coming to play. Now, Dallas last year did that. And we saw Romo come in against Philly the last game of the year and throw his last touchdown that he'll ever throw, as far as we can tell, as a professional quarterback. Dallas lost that game. They they um, didn't play Zeke, didn't play um, – well, um, Prescott did play for a while. Uh, Romo came in and played one series. Um, but a lot of the starters sat. Uh, looking back on it, I don't think that was a problem. But I think the fact that you had those starters that didn't play and then you didn't play the next week and then the following week you come in and you host Green Bay and Green Bay's been playing straight through. They're in rhythm. They're in, they're in sync. Dallas started off very sluggish, very out of sync. And then by the time they woke up, they were able to tie the game twice, 28-28 and then 31-31. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot to, to then come back and beat that team. And I just wonder if they had played every week and been in sync, how that might have worked out. And so knowing that, what will Philly do? We will see. But I don't think Dallas has to be scared of Philly because you might see him again in the playoffs if, in fact, you make it. So there's nothing to be afraid of. They're a beautiful team. You know what I mean? We, we've seen them beat. We've seen them play well. So let's assume that Dallas goes in and is able to win these last two games. And end the season at 10 and 6. First of all, with everything that went on this year, 10 and 6, kudos. Kudos for getting to 10 and 6 with Zeke being out, with the injuries that you've had, Sean Lee and the offensive line. And I got to say, that's a great job getting to 10 and 6. But how did they get into the playoffs? Well, you may already know this, but I'll tell you anyway. Detroit has to lose one 
of their next two games. And the Cowboys are going to need um, – well, they'll need to beat Seattle. So that will automatically put Seattle at a seventh loss. So that's, that's done. Seattle would be out of it. Um, Green Bay is at a seventh loss. They're done. They're out of it. So who's left? Detroit, um, New Orleans, Carolina, and Atlanta. Okay, the Rams are at 10-4. and four. The worst they could finish is – 10 and 6. Um, Seattle needs to win to stay in, in line for that division. If Seattle loses, um, Los Angeles clinches the division. Okay. So I, I'm not going to put the Rams in this at all. It, it, it's just because they're going to win the division. So, it, it, you know, they're not going to be a wild card team. But let's assume Dallas wins out. And so, how does Dallas get into the playoffs? Well, when you look at New Orleans, when you look at Carolina, when you look at Atlanta, you know, you need, you need one of those teams to, um, you know, you need, you need Atlanta to lose their last two, or you need New Orleans or Carolina to lose their last two. You need Detroit to lose one. That's really it. Here's where it gets complicated. If teams are tied, then the conventional tiebreaker system goes out the window, and now you're looking at a three-way tie, and I'm not even going to begin to look at all the possibilities with a three-way tie. Dallas lost to Atlanta. That hurts, okay, because Atlanta is, is a team that's looking at a wild card spot. They lost to Atlanta. Carolina is at 10 wins. Here's the deal. Carolina is going to play Atlanta, okay? So, so these three NFC South teams are playing each other. So it is, it is someone's going to win, but someone's going to lose. So really – what, what you have to hope for, and let, let's look at the schedules. I'm pulling them up here, but let's look at the schedules. But really, I'm looking at New Orleans first, and if you look at their, uh, let's see here, their last two games is um, hosting Atlanta and at Tampa Bay. So you want New Orleans to beat Atlanta, okay, because if these three teams are playing, them, playing themselves, then how, what works best for the Cowboys? What works best for the Cowboys is for New Orleans to beat Atlanta, okay? And then the Tampa game doesn't, you know, they're New Orleans at Tampa, they'll beat them, doesn't matter. But New Orleans, you know, you, you want them to win their last two games. Again, the Tampa game doesn't really matter at this point. Maybe things change, and, and it does. But if New Orleans beats Atlanta, then the Tampa game doesn't matter for the Cowboys' point of view. Um, Carolina plays – New Orleans this week and Atlanta. So um, let's see here. You know what? Let's skip Carolina. Let's go to Atlanta real quick because Atlanta is playing at New Orleans and then hosting Carolina. You really want Atlanta to lose both those games. You really wanted um, either the Saints in Atlanta or Tampa at home to win over the last two games, and neither of those happened. But you really wanted one of those games to be a win, and, and we didn't get that. So you, you really want to root for New Orleans this week, for New Orleans to beat Atlanta, and then you want to root for Carolina. That puts Atlanta at 9-7, and seven, and if Dallas wins, they're at 10-6, and six, and that gives them an upper hand to get into the playoffs. So then what happens is, is you have, and I'm going back to the standings, and you guys got to bear with me here. My computer's a little slow this morning, probably because, you know, it, it wants to take a vacation, just like I'm on vacation. It wants to take a vacation, but you can't take a vacation because I'm on vacation. I'm the boss. Okay. Um, so I'm going back to the standings here, and okay. So you've got, um, let's see. 
New Orleans, let's say New Orleans wins out and they go to 12 and 4. Carolina goes 1 and 1. They go to 11 and 5. Atlanta goes to 0 and 2. Because that's exactly what would happen. So now you've got New Orleans and Carolina. You've got New Orleans winning division. Carolina gets a, a playoff spot. Seattle's already out. Rams win that division. Um, so now it comes down to Dallas and Detroit for that last playoff spot. Again, New Orleans wins out, wins a division. Um, and technically, they're still in, in, in some kind of discussion for a first-round bye, but we won't get into all that, New Orleans. But they went out there 12-4. and four. They definitely win a division. Carolina goes 1-1, one and one, is a wild card at 11-5. And, and, um, and it doesn't matter really for us whether Carolina wins the division or New Orleans, New Orleans wins the division. What matters is, is that Atlanta loses both of these games and goes to 9-7 and seven because Dallas loses the head-to-head with them because Dallas lost to them. So you need that Atlanta to lose, and that's not – Unprobable. All these teams are playing for something, so it's not improbable that Atlanta loses. They're not who they were last year. So let's assume that happens. It comes down to Dallas at 10-6 and six and the Detroit Lions, okay, because Minnesota's already won that division. And here's probably the biggest obstacle is Detroit. Um, I asked Dr. Train for uh, Chicago to get a win. They didn't do it. Uh, um, Tampa two weeks ago didn't do it. So Detroit sits at, sits at eight and six. If Detroit wins out, they have a better conference record than Dallas by one game. So they would get in and Dallas would not. So that's why you can't tie with Detroit. So Detroit is at Cincinnati at one o'clock tomorrow. And then um, home versus Green Bay on New Year's Eve. You need Detroit to lose one of those two games. And I think, you know, and, and what, what may happen is um, – and I, I have to look and see what time Dallas plays Philly. It is, it is not improbable that by the time Dallas plays Philly that they're eliminated because um, Detroit plays Cincinnati at 1 o'clock on Sunday. They play Green Bay at 1 o'clock on Sunday, the, the 31st. So I'm looking real quick. I'm looking. I just want to see. Bear with me. Uh, I'm looking at week 17 – and Dallas and Philly. Oh, it's a one o'clock game. Okay, so so both of those games are one o'clock, and I think it's very possible that both teams now now Green Bay. I'm sorry, Detroit will control their own destiny. They'll just have to win. Um, but if so, so to try to make this clear, Detroit is at Cincinnati. We're rooting for Cincinnati. They're another team that's a mess, but do they have one last stand? Can they fight one last time? for their outgoing coach, Marvin Lewis. I don't know, but they're a mess. Um, but you really want to root for Cincinnati because if you root, if, if Cincinnati wins, now that last playoff spot is between Dallas and Atlanta, and then we need Atlanta to lose. We need Atlanta to lose. We don't need to tie with Atlanta because we would lose a tiebreaker. We need Atlanta to lose. Now, if Dallas, Atlanta, and Green Bay, the three, three of us tie – I don't know all the nuances, but Dallas would be out of the playoffs. Dallas would not be in. So that's not going to help us either. Okay, I've looked it up. I can't explain it. I apologize. So really, you know, it's, it's, it's simple. Um, Atlanta, you need, you need Atlanta to drop these last two games. And that would require Carolina – and New Orleans to both beat Atlanta. And then it really doesn't matter what Carolina and New Orleans do at that point. One's winning a division and one's going in as a wild card. It, it, for us, it doesn't matter. It, it, it plays no impact. But you need them both to beat Atlanta. And they both will want to beat Atlanta because they're both trying to win the division. Um, 
and we need Detroit to lose one of their next two games. If that happens, we're in the playoffs. Now, you know, I, I don't know if there's any other way to do that. I really don't know if there's any other way Dallas gets into the playoffs. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a football guy. I know a lot about the game, but I can't tell you if there's any other way. If, if Carolina loses, um, you know, or if Saints lose both games, it's, you know, Dallas may have, let me look at the conference record here, um, seven and three for the Saints. Dallas is six and four. If Carolina loses both, they go to uh, seven and five. Dallas would be at eight and four. So maybe if there's a tie with Carolina, maybe Dallas can get it. I mean, with New Orleans, maybe Dallas can sneak in. I, I, you know, I don't know. So there are nuances here that we don't know. But we do know this. This weekend, you need to be rooting against Atlanta and against Detroit. You be rooting for Cincinnati and rooting for Carolina this week. And clearly, none of this matters if Dallas doesn't go in and handle business. So I say all this because I can do this as a guy who does a show. Fans, we can do this. Dallas better not be even thinking about this, okay? Frankly, you go in, you handle your business Sunday. Next Sunday against Philly, you go in and handle your business. And then when the game is over, you go in the locker room, you celebrate that win, and then you see did we make the playoffs or not. If you made the playoffs, high fives all around, you know, figure out who your first-round opponent is and go from there. If you didn't make the playoffs, hey, Keep your chin up. You finish 10 and 6. That means in Dak Prescott's first two years, he's won 23 games, which is an average of 11 and a half games each year. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'll take that. My rookie and now second-year quarterback, yeah, I can live with that. You bring me 11, 11 to 12 wins every season, I'm okay with that. So we look up. And we don't keep our heads down and say, oh, man, this team sucks, man. You know, how do we go from 13-3 and three to 10-6? and six? Do I sound like one of them delusional Cowboy fans? Do I sound like one of them fans that don't really follow the game? You know, you're not a fan because you wear gear on Sunday and you walk around saying, go Cowboys. You're not a fan because you got a tattoo on your shoulder. That doesn't make you a fan. Do you support the team 12 months out of the year? Do you know what's going on with your team? Do you know who's on your practice squad? Do you know who just got released? You know, are you that guy who every time uh, a big name free agent is on the market, you're like, oh, go get him, go get him, go get him without really looking at the team to see, does it make sense? What would it cost me? How does it affect the contract? You know, how in-depth are you with this team? I'm not saying everybody's got to be a fanatic like me. That is where fan comes from, fanatic. But what I'm saying is, do you know what the hell you're talking about? You're sitting over there being delusional. Got to fire Jason Garrett. Guy was coach of the year last year, 13-3 and with your starting quarterback, Played one series all year. And Dak Prescott comes, turns out to be a hell of a quarterback. You know, like, and, and a year later, you, everybody, you know, fire him. Get the flock out of here with that bullshit. Get the flock out of here, okay? No, no, I'm sick of it. So, if we finish, now, if we lose both these games and go 8-8, eight and eight, okay, yeah, I'm a little upset. I want to see 8-8 eight eight on our record ever again. Three years in a row, 8-8. Eight eight. Three uh, division championships on the last game of each of those seasons against each of the NFC East opponents, and we lost each game. And, yes, that was under, under Tony Romo. So it is what it is. Um, I don't want to see 8-8 eight eight on our record ever again. So, no. Uh, we lose this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm upset. We lose both these games. Yeah, I'm upset. We're relatively healthy. We're on a groove. We've got three in a row. And, oh, and where were all those naysayers three weeks ago? 
Where were you when the Cowboys went to five and six, got whooped three games in a row, couldn't get 10 points on the board, and everybody was like, bring back Tony Romo. Fire Jason Garrett. Bring Tony Romo in uh, as head coach. Um, uh, Jason Witten's too old. It's time to move on. Des Bryant is overpaid, which actually there might be some truth to that. Um, you know, where's Cole Beasley? All those catches last year, and he can't even get out of his own way. Zeke shouldn't have got suspended. Bring back Emmett Smith. Bring back Michael Irvin. I mean, I, everything, everything. The, the, the sky was falling because the Cowboys played like crap three games in a row. Now... Everybody's back on the bandwagon, except for the naysayers who, who don't like that it was a close game in Oakland. Have you been to Oakland? I haven't. I mean, I've, I've, been, I've been to California, never been to Oakland Stadium. There's a reason they call it the black hole. One of my best friends is a huge Raiders fan, and we respect each other. Like, I, we don't even talk junk against each other because, you know, it just, I, I respect him because he's, he's, he's the guy I know that when the Raiders moved the first time and they moved to L.A., he never got rid of any of his Oakland stuff, didn't buy any of the L.A. stuff. He said, they're the Oakland Raiders. I don't care what anybody says. And then years later, they went back. He goes, see, that's how much of a fan he is, okay? And um, I know how hard it is. I don't care what kind of team they have. I know how hard it is playing Oakland. It's, it is very hard playing Oakland. So they got the win. That's all that matters is they got the win. It's as simple as that. They got the win. So we move on now, okay? Um, and, yes, uh, it took an index card and a fluky fumble through the end zone to get the win. But you know what? How many times has Dallas been on the other end of games like this? How many times? You tell me the Des Bryant catch, you know, all types of, um, you know, hey, it was a few plays before that Anthony Brown had a walk-in touchdown if he had just held that ball and the game was over. Okay, Dallas has been on the other end of crap like that. I cannot tell you. A game against the Giants a few years ago, Des Bryant back in the end zone, leaps over everybody, catches the ball, and um, falls down. And his, his, you know, Des got pretty big hands, and so his like, little middle finger had touched the end line, no touchdown. Dallas has been on the other end of this stuff all the time. So, you know what, it's good that we get a little bit of it back. And you know what, sometimes it better be lucky than good. You know what, go from a 4% chance of making a playoff, go from a 0% chance of making a playoff at 5 and 6, being pretty much counted out everywhere, to now having something to play for. I told a friend of mine that yesterday, who's a Patriots fan. Yeah, you guys are spoiled. Steelers fans, yeah, you guys are spoiled. Cowboy fans, we used to be spoiled. Not anymore, but we used to be. Enjoy the run. Trust me, guys, it'll end. It will end. Enjoy it. So for the rest of us who don't have that, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, you know, and the whole Green Bay Packer thing, first time in 10 years that they're not in the playoffs, okay, enjoy the run. Because when it ends, it ends. <laughs> and, and it takes a lot to get back in consistently. So you know what? Hey, I'll take a, a week 16, two games to go. We have something to play for. I'll take it. All you, all you Fairweather fans out there, I don't give a damn. Just shut up. Like Michael Irvin said on his – tweet to Stephen A. and Max about the catch thing. Shut up. If you weren't outraged when Dez um, was cheated, don't be outraged when Jesse James was cheated. All you Cowboy naysayers, Fairweather fans, one week the Cowboys are the best ever, next week you can't stand them. Fire this guy, hire that guy. You know, y'all think, y'all think pro football is Madden. That's what you think. You think it's Madden. You think it's just like, and even Madden ain't Madden anymore. And I'm saying it as a compliment. 
as y'all know, I used to be very involved in Madden on many levels, including actually having relationships with the designers of the game. And like, I was deep into that whole scene. I've let that go. I've gotten too old to deal with all of that uh, political stuff. I got, I got <laughs> yeah, a great, great community. Most of the people that I love, some of them I can't stand, but I'm done with it and I, and I won't go back, but I had a great run while I did commissioner T EAFL and all that good stuff. But the Madden developers have done a great job where it's not that easy now when you're running a franchise on a video game to just release one player and just go pick up that superstar or trade for him like it was years ago. You could build a super team when you played in franchise mode. Not anymore. They're really doing a good job trying to emulate the NFL. And there's a salary cap and there's contracts and there's penalties. And so, so go into franchise mode on Madden and then do some of the stuff that you think is so easy to do. Oh, you know, uh, why can't we just go and get – you know, um, Odell Beckham, he's not happy in New York. Uh, yeah, because he's under contract. <laughs> you know, let's just cut Des Bryant. Yeah, sure, because we want that money accelerated into the salary cap, the guaranteed money, so that we can't go out and hire anybody else. I mean, there are certain things in football you just can't do. And if you don't understand, then shut up. Then shut your mouth. But learn the game. And that's what I'm talking about when I get frustrated with the Fairweather fans. That's what I'm talking about. Stop making these, these you know, Crazy accusations. Oh, let's just go out and get John Gruden. Okay, John Gruden wasn't a great coach. He was all right. He did win a Super Bowl with Tony Dungy's team. He was all right. But I don't get the fascination with John Gruden. And I'm sorry, have you seen Jay Gruden? Has he done anything to impress you? You know, let's just go out and get these guys. Let's just, you know, it's easy. Let's go get Mike Tomlin. Why? Why would he leave? He's got a great thing going over there in Pittsburgh. You know, these guys, and when they retire like Bill Cowher, and they go into the booth and they're making a million and a half, two million a year for a third of the work they did as pro uh, football coaches, yeah, I'm good. I made my five million a year. I coached for 10 years. I still got 40 million in the bank, and now I'm making a million and a half a year working a part-time schedule. Yeah, I'm good. I think I'm good. I don't need that anymore. So you guys, you know, learn what's going on. Understand. You know, a couple weeks ago, everybody wanted to go get Tony Romo, but last year, everybody wanted to get rid of Tony Romo. You know, over the last two years, Tony Romo's the worst thing ever. Then when Dak hits this little slump, oh, let's go and get Tony. You think Tony will come back? No, Tony ain't going to come back. You didn't, you didn't want his ass last year. I wouldn't come back either. Bye. That's what Tony said. Bye, Felicia. Because the Cowboy fan base, except for me, Commissioner T and some others out there, select others, said, no, give Tony the job back. It's his job. But you can't do that. Dax won six games in a row. Dax won I don't care. Tony's the better quarterback. At what point do you not play your best players? Yeah, but you can't get, you know, he's got the hot hand. Okay, Case Keenum over in Minnesota, case in point. So he's playing, and he'll run with that team or not. Mark my words, Minnesota ain't going anywhere. Just remember I said that. They're not going anywhere. I'm not saying Bridgewater would have done it. Because he's been out of football for a while. And, again, you, you got to play. You got to get in a rhythm. But Keenum ain't going to – they're not going anywhere. Okay, just remember I said that. But, anyway, I digress. You have to stop being reactionary and, and victims of the moment. When you win, you don't get too high. When you lose, you don't get too, too low. When you win, you're not going to the Super Bowl. When you lose, you're not going to get, you know, the number one pick in the draft. Okay, it's a long season, even though we say it goes by fast. And it does. We're already at week 16. It wasn't that long ago that we were saying we're halfway through the season. It wasn't that long ago that we were saying, wow, four games has already passed. It wasn't that long ago that we were saying football is back. Now here it is Christmas. Here it is Christmas. And where are we? 
two games to go. You know, um, so I, 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 I get frustrated with the fans and maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should let it go. I don't know. Um, but it, it bothers me. And all I ask you guys is just learn the game. You know, just learn the game. If, you, if you're going to have comments, don't, don't make yourself look so damn stupid, okay? Just, just understand the game. Okay, a couple of things I want to talk about. I was looking. Cause, you know, I thought I had that Run DMC um, song in my playlist here on blogtalkradio.com, the Madden Voice Commissioner T here, 347-838-9525 if you want to call in. We are also on chat rooms open and Twitter and Facebook and everything else. But I thought I had that. Um, I thought I had that Run DMC, you know, Christmas and Hollis. I thought I I was going to play it for you guys um, because it's Christmas time, but I, I don't have it, so I can't play it. Okay, I apologize. Hey, well, um, a couple other things to think about as we get into the push for the playoffs. Um, the Cowboys, if they were to get in the playoffs, assuming no other injuries, no other major injuries, Anthony Hitchens looked a mess. He's going to play. So whatever that was, he's, he's recovered well. Um, but I want all of you out there, Cowboy fans and Cowboy haters, to hear me clearly on this. I'm not the guy that's going to shake the pom-poms and say the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that. But I'm going to say this. They get into the playoffs, watch out. They are going to be very dangerous. Um, I'm not making any crazy predictions. We'll save that. You know, Get there first. But look out. I mean, when you look at the NFC, who scares you? Philly? With Nick Foles, we've seen that. We've seen that movie. Minnesota with Case Keenum, I think not. Carolina with Cam Newton, he's up and down, and um, he's playing better. But we know Cam could throw a stinker in there at any time. Um, the Rams, we played them, should have won that game. Jared Goff, great improvement, but we should have won that game. Um, Saints, probably the one team that might scare me a bit. They say Drew Brees had a subpar year. I don't agree with that at all. He had two um, running backs that, that took a lot of pressure off of him. He didn't have to go out and st- throw for 5,000 yards this year. So maybe New Orleans might be a team that you got to keep your eye on with Drew Brees back there and Sean Payton. But are you, are you scared? I mean, are you sitting there like, oh, I don't want to play him? I, none of these teams. It's not like, you know, when, when Pittsburgh's healthy, wow, do you really want to go play the three Bs? When, um, you know, New England's healthy and Gronk is playing well and Edelman and these guys are playing well. And, of course, Tom Brady, do you really want to go see that? I mean, it's not like other than maybe the Saints, maybe, although they really don't have any super wide receivers on that team. Great running game. They got some receivers that can play, but nothing to scare you. So there's really nobody that scares me here. There's no juggernaut. And... I really think that had Dallas beaten Green Bay and went and played Atlanta, they would have beat Atlanta last year. Healthy and at the level that they were playing at, I think they would have beat Atlanta last year. So none of these teams scare me. So I'm going to tell you something. Look out. People don't want to see Dallas in the playoffs. Defense playing better. Demarcus Lawrence. Um, By then, hopefully, David Irvin is back. Whatever has kept him out and is keeping him out is cleared up. He's a beast. You know, Sean Lee and Hitchens and the linebackers and the improving, every week improving secondary. We saw what 
um, Jeff Heath did pretty much saved our season. Four four. I didn't know he was that fast. Four four eight forty. Got over and caught Carr at the corner, and you know, did he create the fumble? I don't know. But if he hadn't made it over there, um, Carr is going in that end zone. So whether he created the fumble or not, he certainly cut him off at the pass. And I'll give him the credit. I'd give him the credit. So defense looking good. Offense, hey, come on, man. You know, when healthy, it's one of the most prolific offenses in the league right now. I mean, think about it. That offensive line is starting to gel. We just need Tyron to be healthy. Everybody else is playing well. Witten's Mr. Reliable. You still got Cole Beasley. You got a little Ryan Switzer out there, Cole Beasley number two. But he's bringing a return element that the Cowboys haven't had since Dwayne Harris. Dez starting to pick things up a little bit. Nice back shoulder, 40, 50-yard catch against Oakland. Like to see more from Dez, but getting, getting some stuff done. Terrence Williams underneath. Bryce Butler could be a deep threat. I, I, I wish I could go and ask them why Bryce Butler isn't more of a deep threat. What is the problem? If you've got Jason Witten and Cole Beasley and Des Bryant, and we know Cole Beasley has been doubled. We know Des Bryant's been doubled. We know at times Jason Witten is being doubled. There's only so many people you can double team. That gives Bryce Butler one-on-one. Why, why, why aren't they running something that frees up Bryce Butler to go deep and put him one-on-one with a safety? You know, I haven't seen it yet. And maybe they have and just Bryce doesn't, can't separate or maybe he's not as fast as we thought. I, I don't know. I saw him go deep to Cole Beasley. I mean, that's okay. Cole Beasley, five foot nine. I mean, you know, there's only one guy that can go deep and really hurt you in this league that's five foot nine, and his name is Antonio Brown. He's out there in Pittsburgh. Steve Smith was another one, but he's retired. Other than that, I don't know anybody else at five nine that could go do it. So, hey, I, 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 I asked that question, but I also say it's a potent offense. Defense playing better. This is a team that no one wants to see. Hey, how you doing? Hey, you know, it's amazing. I'm sitting here in my window. People see me up here, and they're, they're like looking at me. A couple people have waved. Hey, how you doing? It's pretty interesting. Um, this is a team you don't want to see in the playoffs. Bottom line, this is a team you don't want to see in the playoffs. So, hey, the other thing I want to talk about, and then I'm going to get on out of here, is, um, you know, I have said for years how important uh, Tyron Smith did not participate in practice. That don't mean anything. That don't mean anything. He's, he, that don't mean anything. With him and Collins, these guys don't have to practice at this point. These guys, uh, these are the tackles for Dallas. Um, Collins is practicing now. He's, he's okay. But when he was hurt, he didn't practice. And then Sunday came, he played. He played well. We want, you need Tyron Smith in this game. There's no doubt about it. You need Tyron Smith in this game. Can we win without him? Yes. But um, that left tackle position is something else. But I just wanted to say, you know, Jimmy Garofalo is 5-0 and as a starter. I believe he's 4-0, and 3-0 or 4-0 in San Francisco as a starter. San Francisco was terrible. Terrible. And all they did was go and get Garoppolo and they're winning games. Do you guys see how important, and he is under Shanahan, okay, Kyle Shanahan, so that matters too. But do you see how important head coach, quarterback is in this league? So when I say things like Case Keenum, hey, he could prove me wrong. You know, Nick Foles, hey, he could prove me wrong. But there's a reason these guys weren't starters to begin with. There's a reason for that, okay? When I'm looking at going deep into the playoffs, I don't see it. Now, could it happen? Yes, it could happen, but I don't see it. The quarterback-head coach combination is, is a marker for success or failure in the NFL. That's a fact. And it's funny, 
as I watch some of these other shows that are on live TV, I'm hearing that more and more. And I'll be honest, I never heard that before I started saying it. Now, maybe I'm delusional, maybe I'm wrong, but I never heard that before Commissioner T started saying it. Now, all of a sudden, I'm hearing it. Quarterback, head coach, quarterback, head coach. Well, it's true. It is, it is a serious combination. And I think when you have Jason Garrett, when you have Wade, um, 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 Wade Wilson, I was going to say Wade Phillips, but I knew that wasn't his. Wade Wilson, who was a former NFL quarterback, had a long season. Um, and there's two quarterbacks working with Dak Prescott, and then he had one year with Tony Romo. I think that's going to be great, and that's going to be a, a future excellent combination. Just keep an eye on it. It's going to get better and better. But that Jimmy G, and he better stay. You know, I hear, you know, could he go to Denver? Don't go to Denver. Denver uses up quarterbacks. John Elway don't know what he's doing over there. He got lucky with Peyton Manning because Peyton had something left in the tank. Other than that, John Elway don't know what he's doing. I'm, I'm sick of it. I get sick of people. He was a great player, and he's made some good moves, but he has not done the right thing at quarterback. So you went and got a Hall of Famer, and you brought him in um, on his decline, and he was able to muster up enough to get your Super Bowl win. Great. Good for you. What, what do you want, a cookie? You know, it, 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 I, I'm not impressed. And, and, and can we, you know, and I need to stop doing it too. Aaron Rodgers is an incredible talent, but in, but in his career he's been to one Super Bowl. He won it, but he's been to one Super Bowl. Can we stop acting like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread? Do you want to say that about Tom Brady? I'm okay. Yes, and Aaron Rodgers has beaten me a couple of years in the playoffs, and he's made some great throws, and he's done some – hey, I get it. I get it. We've also lost Eli Manning, and I don't hear anybody giving him. And he has two Super Bowls, and nobody's giving him the, you know, the Superman of the Year award. There's other – you know, Drew Brees. Okay, but it's like when you talk about Aaron Rodgers, it's like you know, he's so much better than everybody else. Well, I don't know about that. He's very good, and I, I hate playing him because he's that damn good. You know, if we're judging production and Super Bowls is the ultimate judge, he's got one. Okay, yeah, Brees has one, but he's got one. Eli's got two. Brady's got five. Ben's got three. You know, and when I talk about Breeze only having one, Breeze has been on some terrible teams. He's out there throwing 5,000 yards every year. Remember, the old record was 5,084 by Dan Marino back in 1984. And it stayed for quite a long time. Now, Breeze does it every year, except for this year because he's actually got a running game. But, you know, come on, let's, as Bill Parcells says, put away the anointing oils. All right. Now, you know, of course, next year, uh, you know, Rogers will come back and make me eat all my words, but hey, you know what? I'll deal with that next year. So listen, I'm going to get on out of here. Had a lot of fun. I hope y'all enjoyed your sandwich. I enjoyed my scotch. I'm about to go cook me a steak and, and relax for the rest of the day. And um, hey, first of all, heartfelt Merry Christmas or whatever your chosen um, Holiday is around this time of the year. I'm not going to list them all, but whatever it is that you're celebrating, I hope you enjoy it. Get some time with family. Family, family time is so important. I wish my brother was coming home. You know, it's, 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 there is an emptiness when, you know, I have one brother and he's not here. And, you know, um, well, there's a story behind the whole one brother thing, but I won't, I won't bore you guys with that right now. But for, for, the, for the point I'm trying to make, I've got one brother. Um, and he's not here. And yeah, it's not the same without him, but I do have my kids here. I do have my mom here and I do have some good friends here. So get on out there, enjoy your friends and family, enjoy the holiday, do something nice for somebody, 
You know, just think about what is it that I can do. And if you already have stuff set up, do one more thing. Maybe do it for someone that's not expecting it. Maybe do it for someone that wouldn't expect it. And it doesn't have to be monetary. It could be a phone call. It could be a best wishes. It could be, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a lady on uh, my Facebook page, um, local, someone I know locally, and um, she's in hospice waiting on a heart transplant, and it's not looking good. I don't really don't know her that well. I, I don't really know her, but I went on her page and told her to keep the faith. You know, a lot of other people did too, but, you know, no matter what problem you may be facing, someone out there is facing it even worse. No matter whether it's financial, relationship, family, job, don't think yours is it. Someone else is out there struggling too. So you know what? What are we going to do? We all going to sad, be sad together or are we going to pick each other up? I think it's time we pick each other up. Let's do something good. Let's do something positive. Enjoy the holiday. Enjoy. If you got some time off, enjoy it. And, you know, enjoy the new year. And I don't mean enjoy the new year so January 2nd you can go on that diet or January 2nd you could start, you know, that, that planning for that business. You can do that right now. You know, get off the Madden Voice podcast and go do that right now. You ain't got to wait for January 2nd. But enjoy the new year and reflect on your successes and your challenges and then think about, how do you build on those successes and how do you improve on those challenges on every level? Let's just make everything a little bit better for everybody. Okay. I'm going to promise to try to do that. Can y'all join me? Commissioner T. All right. Hey, listen, had a great time. Probably do this again. This was fun. A little scotch, a little lunch, bring a sandwich, commissioner T. So for my co-hosts who are not here, JB, K star and train. And for all of you have a great, great holiday. Merry Christmas. I'll see you guys again real soon. Go Cowboys. We need this win on Sunday. Guys, enjoy the games this weekend. And remember, always remember, all feuds are settled on the field. Good night, everybody.